0: Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team, cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello
1: and welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 8, season 18. Christmas is almost upon us, there I said it, it's November, shoot me. I'm one of those people who normally hate mentioning Christmas so soon, the only reason I mention it is because I'm massively under pressure because of our lovely listeners that of course voted to do the Christmas quiz. I have to start planning it now. Uh, there's very little input from the boys, even though I've gave them homework already, although to be fair... One of them has only just got back from Macau. The other one, I've got no idea where he is, but he sent us a nice picture from being outside of somewhere before. And the other one who's with me now, Ryan Champion, is just about to go to Africa. So they've all got relevant excuses. Hello, Ryan Champion.
2: Hello. Yeah, I'm still here, just.
1: Uh, Good, good. Well, before, before before we wave you off and everything else, it seemed like a really good time. There's lots of different bits and pieces I want to talk to you about in rallying in general, but we should probably talk about Safari and our way, but pulling the smoke and mirrors away, as we always do. I've just finished doing a piece with Martin McCormick and we've just been talking about historic cars and stuff and obviously group four escorts and why they're so, um, why they're still so prominent and why, you know, they are the chosen weapon, even though people are trying to do other things. You look at the, safari event east african safari it's kind of like a role reversal because porsche's are the go-to there why why is the porsche go-to there right as opposed to a bda uh
2: i think the thing is for for africa a car has to be has to be very strong and reliable and, and the thing is as, as we all know if you take a, a bda like a, a group four spec bda escort it's a very very long way removed from The road car it was once based on um whereas actually the the 911s um are are a lot more sort of standard in layout i would say and even you know the engines are pretty strong and reliable and torquey whereas a, a bd is very very peaky and um Certainly for for Africa, the escort has taken a little bit of, of re-engineering. Whereas, as we know in this country, um, it's it's been honed to perfection over the last 40 years. Um, and, and it's two different things, isn't it? The the rough rallies are all about uh, long distance and reliability rather than than out and out speed. Um, and you know, a lot of people think uh, an escort's easier to easier to drive and uh, easier to go sideways in, but um, I, I'm quite happy going sideways in a Porsche nowadays.
1: I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Um, you, you touched upon this last week. Um, obviously, it's it's a strong but but not particularly big entry. Um, but what what just talking about diversity of vehicles, a Rover Vitesse, Ryan champion.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah and actually somebody who had on the on the show a few months back so uh, ian duncan who was yeah. the winner of the wrc event in uh, in in 1994 obviously with with the tte celica at the time um ian's built various cars for the uh the, the classic safari from a um you know big v8 uh, well a capri with a v8 in it then with a v6 in it he also had a, I forget what it was before that but but some American, big V8 American thing. Uh, and back to a V8 this time, and he's gone all Tony Pond with uh, a Rover Vitesse. So, uh, yeah, it'll be good to see how he gets on with that. Um, Can you ask him uh, where, where he managed to source a Rover Vitesse from uh, in Kenya? <laughs> I shall ask the question, but obviously it's it's hot on the heels of uh, of Carl Flash Tundo and other uh, local Kenyan hero also going all Tony Pond and and building a TR7 V8 a couple of years back. So uh, I think similar running gear in in those two machines, albeit very different body styles.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, everything we've just been talking about there, of course, about the nice strong reliability of a nine eleven. They've gone British Leyland.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah well you know what can possibly go wrong i think i think it's it's fair to say that it's uh that it's taken flash a little bit of time to get the the tr working but it's but it's getting there now um and a british built tr as well so that was built by bgm sport that one whereas ian's cars um you know been been built in kenya um but yeah again a big v8 so that they're very talky and, and that's quite important for that rally. You don't want to be stressing, stressing the engine all the time. And, um, it's quite interesting. You know, you just mentioned escorts and there wasn't an escort on the entry list until this week for the Safari Classic. Uh, and then there was the, the last minute announce, announcement that Oshin Price is doing the rally. So, um, you know, great that we're going to see Oshin there and, and he's waving the escort flag because he is the only Ford escort on the entry list for the East African Safari Classic.
1: Which is, yeah, as, as I say, do you know, is that is this one that's been built over here or is it one that is being sat over there? Because I don't know too much about I've seen him put something out on social media, but uh, I don't quite know much how the deals come together. Is it is it an African car and they've been looking for a driver or, or is it something that's going to get sent over? I assume it's obviously going to get flown in if it's not already there.
2: Uh, I think I think um, the car was originally built out there, but I know that Oshin had tested it early this year in um, in Walter's Arena. But I think the deal came together very much because he's been involved with um, a, a Nissan 240 RS, uh, developing that. I think um, the Extreme Rally, who, who's Mark Two, he drives quite a lot, have, have been involved in in developing this. Uh, a nissan 240 rs and and so it's the chapter owns the nissan also has the mark one escort and uh i think Oshin literally got the phone call uh, end of last week because i i sent him a message the day it was announced and i said when did you hear about that and he said 11 o'clock
1: <laughs> love it love it well we'll keep an eye on him as well we'll keep an eye on him now you've got a bit of role reversal this time Ram ryan champion you're, you're going to be you're going to be on maps
2: uh I, I wish i could say i'd be on maps um, there's no such luxury in, <laughs> in kenya you get a road book and that's it okay, so, so uh there's no um yeah no accurate maps of of the roads that we're on so the organizers um they they compile a road book i mean they've been on with it for for months now and then they do uh various recce's at, at different stages and i think um I think Raju, the the clerk of the course, he's back out again now because there's been a lot of heavy rain in the area, so he's out doing um, uh, like a possible or possible reroutes, I should say, if uh, if the rains do come back. Hopefully they're subsiding now, but the nature of the the stages there is that they change, and uh, and literally a piece of road that's there one day can get washed away the next, so um, it can be a fluid situation depending on the on the weather. But yep, you get a road book and you know you, you make the best of the information you have in that road book so uh it's it's important to to keep on it in the road book and then you, you you're looking to see what you can visually see ahead also
1: now you're you know joking aside you you are over the other side tell us a little bit about the guy you sat with right
2: um so i'm co-driving for uh, philip Cadore in a, a total 911 so the one thing that is familiar is the car um now it's fair to say Philip hasn't done a lot on gravel before. We've uh, we've been doing some testing during this this year at Walters and uh, and Sweet Lamb. Um But one of his ambitions to to was to do the East African Safari. Um, he, he prepared for it last weekend by uh, racing an AMG AMG GT around the streets of Macau. So um, you know I'm sure that tarmac mileage will, will be really useful on the first road section. Um, But uh, yeah, he's a fun guy, and he has uh, a big passion for for motorsport, and he's been mainly racing so far, so uh, Lamborghini Super Trofeo, he was at uh, Goodwood earlier this year for the revival with an AC Cobra, Um, like I say, he was in an AMG GT last weekend, and his other rally car is an original Lancia Stratos.
1: Wow! Did he say hello to our Jack? Because that's where our Jack was, did not it? Yeah. Funny
2: enough. Funny enough. They they I did introduce them over uh, over WhatsApp, and they they had various conversations. It it was like one of them dating things. Oh, I'll see you <laughs> under the uh, under the statue of whatever. And oh, well, I'll see. You. I'll be wearing a blue jumper. I've got green shorts on. And and, and they never met. So uh, I woke up one morning to a trail of about 15 messages and they still never managed to meet up.
1: Uh, It's what could have been. We're missing our Jack this week. Of course, he wasn't with us last week. He was hoping to be with us this week. He literally took down, uh, I think it was a Heathrow and went straight into the office because he's a warrior. And then he's got tied up in doing proper stuff. So he, he he was meant to be with us this week. He may get us in any other business over um before the end that we've start recording this. But we'll, we'll, we will wait and see anyway. um uh, Right, this is weird because I feel like I'm almost doing a piece with you as opposed to just talking to you. This is dead weird. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I've got. I'm struggling with context of a conversation here. um What you do? And, and, and I should have probably asked you this ages ago. Not even probably as part of a podcast. How do you get ready for doing? This this event? What,
2: what what is there? Is there anything you can do? Um. Well, I, I guess I guess one uh, one part of that question is: Are you driving or co-driving? So obviously this time around, co-driving. But um, having said that, I've still been quite involved in in the cars and a little bit with the setup of the cars. And and I imagine I'll probably test the car before the rally as well to um, you know to just get a feel of it and make sure that I'm I'm happy with everything. Um, but. I mean, other than being physically reasonably fit, there's there's not a great deal you can do. Um, a couple of the interesting things, what, when co-driving in Kenya, what makes life difficult is the length of the stages. Um, and what I mean by that is over a hundred mile stage, even with uh, GPS or whether you're on a wheel speed sensor, it depends how, how the trip meter is reading, but but the trip meter gets out with the road book. Um now, if you have a, a double caution or, or even a triple caution in, in a road book in the UK, like normally you'd have pace notes for it. So if it's, it's cautioned in, in the pace notes, then you'd slow down, but you certainly wouldn't be stopping. Well, a triple caution in Kenya means stop. And bearing in mind, you can have a section that's maybe 120 miles an hour plus up to it. And then you have to stop, pick your way through maybe a wash away or a, or a riverbed, back up the other side, and then off you go flat out again. So distances are, are very, very important. And, and that's one of the, the tricks is to uh, try and keep um, adjusting the trip meter so it's, it's uh, you know, in tandem with the, the road book. And it, it's quite uh, it's quite different, core cool driving there. But, but the nice thing is even, you know, obviously my background's in, in driving recently as much as uh, I did do some core driving a few years ago. But uh, the nice thing is even from the passenger seat, you can have quite an influence in, in the speed because you know, you you've got to look as well on the faster stuff um, and then really calm things down on the, on the rougher stuff or, or the tight stuff.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, you've got your, we, 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 we joked about your flip flops, uh, which obviously you may get a chance to wear or you may not round up a pool. What's the, uh, what's the general accept of the
2: tire? Uh, that depends. Okay. <laughs> uh, officially nowadays you have to wear uh, uh, wear a race suit, at least a single layer of, uh, of flame retardant material. Um, or you sign a waiver and do it old school and, and go in uh, shorts and a t-shirt, which is what I would say three quarters of the entry too <laughs> okay Okay. so uh, you've got to wear a hands device but um, on the basis that you do have to get out and push quite often then uh, yeah there's a, a bit of a mixture of attire i have to say um i guess a race suit in theory would be the best but uh, they do end up pretty pretty minging pretty quickly um but it's and that's it. It's, it's a proper challenge you know you've got stages that are everything from 30 miles long up to over 100 miles long um you've got the likes of I've mentioned this before, but the fact that Stig Blomquist still goes, the fact that uh, Fabrizio Pon still goes, is because they love the rally. That you know, it's, it really does take them back to the character of the original Safari, um, and, and it's, a, it's a proper challenge. You set off on a day, and, and you don't really know where you're going. You just follow the road book, and you don't really know what you might come across. So uh, there's, there's definitely an element of the unknown, which you know is, is not certainly not normal in modern rallying. So uh, nine days, is that about right? Uh, it's eight competitive days. So you do four days, then there's one rest day uh, and, then, and then four more competitive days. So by, uh, by midway through day seven, you're ready for it all to be over.
1: <laughs> I, I get giddy a little bit later on talking about a five-day rally with, with Marty. So uh, it's just when I looked at the dates there. So 27th of November through to the 6th of December, um, Ryan Champion will effectively be, be off. Off the, off, off, off the radar as it were off the radar so we're going to I've just realised we're going to have to wait for your return to do the Christmas quiz uh,
2: well yes maybe if you want me in it yeah because well, the chance, chances chances of our diary matching while I mean the chances of our diary matching while we're at home isn't, just
1: isn't to quick, say it so. no, no I, th- I think we're going to have to do that bear in mind bear, bear in mind the amount of work that I put into it I don't think I'm just going to do it but, uh, by the way folks right i, 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 I I put something out for the boys to do a little bit of homework and we're going to do a section, um, basically a minute, as many questions I can ask them in a minute on a certain subject. Jack and Ryan have not come back to me yet. That's fine. Trevor Agnew has. He wants it on duck hill climbing. Now, I don't know whether he was being facetious when he sent me that, but trust me, he's going to get his questions now on duck hill climbing.
2: Yeah, I I think it's irrelevant. I think it's irrelevant whether he's been facetious or not. There's, there's got to be something in that. I'm sure you can find some questions. Oh,
1: I will. I will. There's not a problem at all. Um, speaking of questions, Ryan Champions, something we, we should probably do a little bit more of. Um, as we've, we obviously we've touched upon Safari. Um, we, we've had some some correspondence in and i'm I'm, I'll, i'll be honest with you hand on heart i'm not always great at the correspondence because i'm normally doing other things as the program's going out and everything else and trying to make it all work so sometimes when we've got space to breathe as we have in these episodes now because obviously the seasons are over we can look at certain things and we've had a couple of messages in, and one literally that landed today um, we should do it in chronological order, really, but we we'll, we'll probably won't. But um, this is uh, this has been sent in by John. Uh, Afternoon, absolute rally folk. I've listened to the last couple of episodes with interest, where you guys touched upon new WRC class structure, as well as seeing a bit of online discussion about it. Even though I'm a pretty avid rally fan and car journal, I'm struggling a bit now with how the new structure works. What was supposed to be our four brackets for the Orica-based things now seems to have been lumped in with R5 and WRC3, surely making those cars now obsolete. While R2 now doesn't seem to have much of an award outside of JWRC and what looks now to be called R4 instead. Then to make things more confusing, we're told about four-wheel drive R2 cars, the 208 R2, R4, which is also just being officially launched using a 1.2 engine. Surely that's going to make the 1.0 Fiesta engine irrelevant as the bigger capacity will have more grunt, question mark. And where does that leave the new Clio? um it kind of goes on a little bit like that right um now the reason why i mention this one because i've seen the launch of the 208 uh i don't know if you've seen the little video that page or sport, i think it was yesterday or maybe the day before um but it's the new 208 r2 i was unsure whether that fitted into is that a four-wheel drive one
2: No, no, no. So that's a a conventional. I was going to say a conventional R two car, but it isn't a conventional R two car because R two doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, no, it fits into R two, and just uh, like obviously Ford did with the uh, the R two Fiesta, as you're very familiar with, move from normally aspirated to a a smaller capacity turbo engine. That's also what um, what Peugeot have done, and obviously the I think the new Fiesta now is one point five, though. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, or is that that still one liter? That's still one liter. This thing is still one liter.
2: Is it still 1 litre in roller?
1: No, the 1 litre was the R2T, and I think the the new one, the newer shape one, which is done, is 1.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah, so actually to answer your question, um, no, the Peugeot is actually still a a slightly smaller engine to to answer the query, but I'm exactly, well, I'm aligned with that email because I think uh, somebody's tried to make it it's more straightforward and simple, and all it's done is is made things more complicated. Um,
1: Wait, I don't know that we've touched upon this before. I'm just going I'm, to. I'm, I'm, it's it's quite a long email, and I'm just trying to get to another point that I just wanted to run this one past you. Uh, one thought I also keep having is that if the FIA want an affordable four-wheel drive cast, maybe they should bring back Group N in four-wheel drive cars. These were always based on things like Evo and Preta's, as we know. And there's plenty of four-wheel drive performance cars around, I like the Golf R, the Audi S3, the Focus RS, the Merc AMG, Audi RS3, BMW, um, M135, etc., etc. These would make a much more cost-effective four-wheel drive than a two-wheel drive that's been converted to four-wheel drive, which would re- usually uh, reduce costs keeping it very simple with the restricting and standard engine, standard transmission, etc., and let people homologate them without the need for the manufacturer involvement. I'm not sure about that bit.
2: Um I like the concept of it. The- yeah. The it's problem like, is when you get a an
1: homologation. I know how much work goes to homologation. Yeah, so like, yeah you, not, you, and not you, just
2: that, not yeah. just that. But look at the cars that were homologated. A, a Subaru evolved from when I ran a Group N Subaru in 1997. When it had a standard transmission, uh, you needed to change one every day of a British Championship rally because if you didn't, it would break. Um, it evolved th- through that so that they ended up with dog box dog boxes to stop that happening uh, whereas uh, an evo was always had a strong transmission but what i'm saying is the subarus evolved through a, a massive line from a version one to whatever it was a version i can't even remember in the end um n 14 we ended up with didn't we, in pro drive speak but or 15 16s even and then evos you know those 10 different versions of the evo and every one of those was better and better and more refined and the problem is if you just took some of these cars with like the haldex transmissions rallying they they would simply break you know you start putting remapping them putting a bit more power through them or more boost even though you're keeping a standard engine there'd still be some mapping involved and yeah i think unfortunately we just see these cars break and then you're into the same situation where you've got to develop them and strengthen things and and then the whole thing starts over again so um it's it's maybe not just as simple as it seems to take some of these road going four wheel drive cars rallying.
3: yeah uh,
1: I, I, again I, I guess uh, I guess we're all looking for something that we'd all ideally like to to happen but the the likelihood is now and again it's it's what's going to turn on a manufacturer of course this is the, the 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 one thing that's been bubbled in a way that I was going to come to in a second, but uh, it is all kind of related when you think about you know w- w- we've the, 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 the rumours with regards to Sebastian Ogier and Citroën, Citroën, I think I'm paraphrasing never so slightly right, they've confirmed they are going to go at the end of the 21th, waiting for the new regulations. Have I got that right?
2: Uh, no, they they won't be in the new regulations. I think that was, that was what they were saying. They, they won't be part of the new regulations. Definitely right. not. So, so we still is- don't know if they're going next year, but they certainly won't be part of the hybrid era.
1: Right. Which... And again, there's something which I talked about. I think with Trev a few weeks ago, come off in the back of the fact that Peugeot Sport put something out with regards to them doing something with electric.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so Peugeot, going back to uh, Le Mans again. So we've got this new uh, hypercar. Uh, specification for for uh, World Endurance Championship or World Sports Cars or whatever it might be called, um, and uh, Peugeot have announced that they're going to do that. And so whether it's linked to that, who knows? But Citroen have said that they're going to concentrate on uh, on Formula E, and Peugeot obviously to Le Mans. So as, as PSA is part of the Group Rally and won't be in the plans from uh, from 2022.
1: Mm, okay. Will it
2: be for 2020?
1: Well, that's the big question, isn't it? That's the big question. It's one that seems to have gone a little bit cooler. They were talking about, I think I've seen a couple of stories floating around, obviously, for autosport and things like that, with regards to Elvin, OGA, and Cali at Toyota. So a complete revamp of the Toyota lineup. Do you see a complete revamp of the Toyota lineup?
2: Um Well, I think Robin Perra is, we, we take, take that... Uh, as a, As a done deal uh I believe that a, a Welshman moving to a finished team is is looking highly likely um so I think it depends really on on what Citroen and Mr Auger do because you know if if is on the market then then of course toyota are gonna are gonna swoop on him they we've we've discussed this before the the budget that Toyota are putting into it they want. Um, somebody who can fight for the championship next year from the first rally and who better than than Sebastian Auger so if he's on the market I'm sure they'll do everything they can to get him and even if he isn't but I think obviously that still comes down to to what Citroën want to do and um, whilst Auger may, may rather drive a Yaris anyway at the minute um, I'm sure they'll, that Citroën if they do enter the 2020 championship they'll do everything they can to to keep him because you know i'm not being funny but if they enter the 2020 championship without sebastian ogier there's not a lot of point in being there
1: yeah okay okay Uh, going back to some correspondence because we kind of got sidetracked a little bit but it'll seem really relevant james welkes sent us in a message and i thought this was quite interesting right because um it's talking about youngsters coming in and obviously bringing bug shit and talking about junior rallying now you and I will probably relate to this a little bit because of we did one make championships. And basically the point he's making, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it ever so slightly, uh, James, apologies. It's another long message and we do appreciate it. We really do. But it's talking about juniors going out and obviously going out and finding sponsors and things like that, um, you know, going out and getting, a you know, an, a, an Italian getting um, a Pirelli sponsorship as an example or, you know, a Frenchman getting um, Michelin. Um, money or whatever it may be and they're saying that junior rallying you know they can't go out and get an oil sponsor or a tire sponsor or whatever you, you, you kind of lose out on the the, the the ability to be able to do that and um, i completely agree with it to a point but you kind of know what you sign up for and you and i have both been through one makes where you've got to use a control tire or you've got to use this oil or you've got to do that because it's all part of the championship and you know what you sign up for and normally what tends to happen those companies that are putting money in to create that prize
2: uh yeah you're absolutely right um We've discussed this a couple of times in, in relation to a control tire. Uh, you know a control tire deal is, is very um, appealing to a championship because the, that tire manufacturer is usually back in the championship and, uh, and it works very well for them. How well it works for the competitor is down to what maybe that tire manufacturers put in in terms of prizes and, and it's the same with the tire companies, the oil companies and everything else that, that back these one mate championships. It's like you said that the prize fund is normally built up not just from the manufacturer or, or say M-Sport, if M-Sport are running the geniuses the as they are, mm-hmm. it, it's made up from the suppliers as well. So, you know, they're, they're a key to, to making it work successfully. Um, but, you know, having said that, it's not always the case in, in these championships that, having those deals tied up is, is massively beneficial to the, to the competitor. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It really depends on the championship. But but definitely when you are in those championships, sometimes it takes away, uh, yeah, an opportunity of, of support.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, James, I hope we answered that one for you. And just one of the last ones before before we go to a break and we come back with Martin McCormick and David Higgins, and then we'll come back right at the end of any of the businesses, by the way. Emma Morrison dropped us a message in the other week, and it was me on the back of my, one of my any of the businesses, right? To be honest, we were talking about, you know, a mixed surface championship and things like that. Uh, Emma's asking the question with regards to, you know, being able to do... Um, uh, basically having uh, gravel rallies we're scrutinating on Saturday, uh, rally on the Sunday, you know, type thing. Um, the, most of the gravel rallies seem to be on a Saturday. Um, and obviously, you know, having a Friday off and travelling and things like that, obviously, it's very UK centric at this point. But uh, have you ever thought more about that, about why most of these rallies seem to happen on a Saturday as opposed to a Sunday?
2: But then, you know, I I guess it's, it's one of those, isn't it? Even if they run on a Sunday, then people often are getting back late at night to to have to go to work on a Monday. So it's, uh, it's, it's getting a balance, isn't it? Um, Yeah. I I guess in theory in the old days, maybe people could finish work on a, on a Friday and then still travel to the event. Uh, But likewise, it's, it's difficult to travel home on a, on a Sunday. Um, And you know, rallying is costly, but still in other other countries, regardless of the day the rally runs, we see, we see people stay not only for the finish of the rally, but we see them stay for the prize giving and uh, make an evening of the prize giving, whereas in this country, everybody puts the car on the trailer and disappears and often don't even stay for the awards um guilty is charged. There's a, there's a long discussion in that um yeah. you know i think some of it's brought on ourselves by the competitors honestly um you know why why do we go rallying um is it just to drive the car is it is it a, is it a social event do you want a bit of both why do people do it and at a club level originally it used to be a social thing but unfortunately a lot of that has disappeared now
1: yeah yeah, no, I, I'm, 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 I'm guilty. I'm guilty of doing exactly what you've just said because, you know. Your, your time is time just seems so precious these days doesn't it I don't know whether we seem to have more time I feel like an old person saying that but did we have more time years ago to be able to relax and be able to do things like that because I definitely don't think we've got that time now but still there you go um, listen um, we're, folks we're going to go to a break Ryan and I are going to come back right at the end of the podcast so in between you're going to have um, the wonderful Marty McCormick coming up very very shortly talking about another historic event course the RAC rally which is starting here in the UK in a couple of days time hearing all about that and epic five days not quite nine days ryan's top trumping there by four days in fairness then we're gonna have david higgins talking about a 10 times championship and also with regards to being inducted into the hall of fame and also talking about his career path uh we didn't really plan to go in that direction but it's really really interesting some of the things that david has to say and i think a lot of young drivers could learn quite a lot from it so folks we're going to go to a break and i'm going to come back with marty then david and then any other business right at the end
2: This is Absolute Rally.
0: Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action.
2: Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team.
1: welcome back to Absolute Rally. Um, obviously, Ryan and myself at the top talking about historic rallying over in uh, over over in Africa. Obviously, Ryan's flying off there over the next 24 hours. And uh, we've got a big event happening here in the UK, which uh, I think is happening every other year these days, it seems to be anyway. But I thought I'd get a twice, a twice winner on. He has been on with us before. Marty McCormick, welcome back to Absolute Rally.
3: Thank you very much. Just uh, glad to be back.
1: It's great to have you back. Right. So, it's happening. It does happen every other year now, doesn't it? I've got that right. They have kind of spaced it out a little bit now.
3: That's correct, yeah. They've they've, um, made a couple of changes uh, a couple of years ago. They decided to have the event every two years, and the event changed then from... It used to be on route maps, and now it's changed to safety notes, pace notes.
1: Wow. So that's going to speed up the job a little bit, isn't it?
3: That's right, yeah. The... (laughs) um, so it, it definitely has increased. Has increased a lot of interest. Like this year, I think they run 160 cars. Wow! But you know, for a five five day event, is absolutely massive. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's and, that, and that's the thing. I that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Obviously, you've won it twice. You've won it on maps. It is on. It is on route notes. Now, what's the what's the pull for you, Mark? Because you're one of those unique characters that is probably is equally known in historic machines as as well as modern machines. What keeps enticing you to do these historic events as well
3: well i guess that you know i always grew up i grew up um, my older brother who's 22 years older than me always had um, a mark ii escort around the house that he used to do bits and pieces of rallying in. and and but i guess that when you get in back into these old cars again you know that's obviously why i started the mark twos but when you get back into the old cars you know they are living and breathing you know what you know as proper rally cars you know I'm very fortunate to be able to go and compete in the British Championship and Irish Championship in our five cars. They're more modern, they're more refined, they're faster cars. Like, don't get me wrong, but when you actually get into an old historic Escort of BDA, you've got all of everything. You know, the engine revving and through the bulkhead, actually, the whole the whole um, process to driving the car, the way you have to set it up, the way you have to handle the car, all the inputs you have to put on, it really is back to rallying as we all know it. And I think that's what also grabs the spectators out of the whole, uh, you grab so you know, large number of spectators as well because the cars have to be driven so sideways and they have to be driven in anger and you can see that they're being physically driven hard. You know, whereas. You, you can go to modern rally, and the cars have been driven very hard. And they're very good to watch, but you don't get the same spectacle as you do with the old cars, I believe.
1: Okay, you've just mentioned there about obviously, you know, it's 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 five days. It's it's physical. Do you think we're missing out on something these days? Because obviously, even a WRC event now at a push can run to four days. Are we missing out on something now? Have, have we have we sanitised it too yeah. much? Is this a return to? perhaps before rallying was sanitised and tried to be made to look more like a TV spectacle as opposed to anything else?
3: I think so, but I think also the movement and a number of different things uh, has changed the face of rallying as we know it. You know, the events have become shorter over the years because of legislation and because a number of marshals needed and people needed excited to run the, the events, but also because the teams wanted smaller events because the cars were becoming a lot more expensive to run like, you know, I have a full-blown Group 4 uh, escort, and in, in, in relatively speaking, it is quite reasonable to run. It's sort of an opposite of a modern car. Because a modern car, you buy the car, and then the cost really always, if you're doing a, any sort of you know, serious amount of rallying, the cost will be greater in running the car than, than actually purchasing the car. Because with the older cars, if you have all your, if you buy a, a fairly fresh historic car, it, it, bar buyers, what's okay, you know, tyres and expense in any vehicle that you're rallying. But bar tyres, these cars are reasonable to run and they will do long periods. And so so that's one factor. But also, I think another factor is in the whole thing that, generally speaking, that, you know, people's putting more effort and more work into place notes until DVDs before the event. Like, uh, and that's the one thing I will say that's probably maybe a downside till event going to pay so to the, the amount of time that you're trying to put away to try and do a bit of homework before you go to the rally and to me that's really difficult because we don't have a reconnaissance so we're relying on our DVDs till you know to try and still give you a competitive edge there because we know that all the all, you know all the leading competitors are all doing their homework and, and that's something that to try and give a commitment to do that for five days rallying it is difficult. But I still think there's there's an obvious want for competitors and for spectators to have the old type of endurance events, you know, somewhat back, and, and that's probably why you see such a fall into the likes of the Roger Albert now, has you know, 160 competitors uh, going racing for five days. You know, it, it, is, it is still affordable, especially when it's all done on a two year basis, and when you see the likes of rotating events with the likes of the Silver in New Zealand things like that. You know, I think it's, there's a real. Resurge of, of that
1: Paper Rally and coming back. Do you think, um, as well, I have just just looking at the entry list, and, 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 and an old mate of mine, I've, I've noticed, is doing it as well. But he's doing it in something a little bit different. He's doing it at Gallant, uh, the Mitsubishi Glamway Wayne Sisson. And I've seen the pictures of it. The car looks stunning. Do you think, that, you know, apart from everything you've just said there about, obviously, kind of Group 4 escorts and stuff like that, do you think, generation-wise, because we're a similar age as well, do you think, Kind of the next generation, or the generation before us, will will kind of need to see an Impressor or a glance in the, in the next couple of years to kind of hook them in in the same way as what we've been hooked in with the older cars.
3: I, it's possible, but I still think there's always going to be an interest. There's always going to be an interest for for, for different cars. Look, every, you know, there was—I wouldn't say everybody thought. I would say there was a, there was a lot of people thought that when the BMWs were released in the Storics that they were going to take over. and They didn't. Now, because what we've seen with the Group 4 Eskers, etc, is there's been a lot of time and a lot of work done on the cars, because they are, you know, they're obviously the most popular rally car that there is there. And the thing about it is, it makes someone like myself, who is this part-time rallying, it makes it a very easy and accessible car to run. If I need anything for my Mark two, I just have to come and get it, Whereas yeah. You do get people and it's great to see people and I, I, I there's a bit more interest in the building the schooners building Galants, building BMWs and um, they're having to put a lot of work into the builds uh, and a lot of you know there's a lot of time spent trying to source the parts to make the parts etc., because they're not readily available but we've seen in that so far as they haven't been more competitive than the mark II. Uh, 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 how would you say, a modern-day Mark II? Because although we're still building the cars to the same specification, the same parts uh, on the same homologation as the car was back in the 70s, the, the materials and the engineering has got a lot more specific, a lot more tolerances are a lot tighter, and basically the uh, tests of the purity and the engine and things like that there have become a lot better. Back in the day, um, I remember uh, being told a story about Bertie Fisher doing the Ulster and they had to lift the head the head off the car on the third day to change the gasket. And that was quite known for BDAs and on day three you had to change the head gasket. You know, now, now, now we're doing a thousand stage miles before touching mm. engines. Yeah. You know, so that that's the way that's progressed on yes, definitely there was always a great interest to see David Greer who built himself an and Open Manton now. To go and do the Roger Albert, and like uh, and the first, I can't wait to see that car. You know, there's a great interest in the older cars and different cars. The legacy and the impresses starting to come through. It's going to be hard to know what way the whole thing will come through because they were they were a very good car in their day. What what you do? Do you have a four wheel drive section from etcetera to start one of their allies? Probably yes, but as you know yourself, you know it's not. Uh, uh, there's not too many people walk away from, from the. Uh, a top evidence of of of, um, of Mark Hughes competing in a gravel event, you know. Yeah, uh, You know, so it's. I I think I think I think uh, yes, definitely there will be changes and things are moving on, and it's great to see it. It's great to see different cars coming in. But I think ultimately it'll be hard. And I think a very good car and a very popular car to be the escort.
1: Absolutely. Well, if I can take you to obviously this year for you, you're going for your hat trick. There's the targets on your back. Um, where do you see where, where do you see the runners and right? Where do you see the main the main rivals coming from for you this week?
3: It could be anybody. You know, Taysen obviously was, was was the guy, you know, two years ago that you know, he was hitting like a forty second lead on me before he broke his half shaft, you know. He was on a very good pace. Um, there was a few things there that, that year that probably uh, probably didn't work for us. We had a couple of issues and stuff on the Friday with um gearbox and things but still I found it hard to try and chase Jason's uh, uh, lead down um, but look and that's the thing I said at the time had Jason still been in the race on Sunday night I think it would have been would have uh, went off the road because on the Sunday night we had very bad ice on one of the stages and I just know from the pace that I was driving that if I had been still racing because I had a bit of a lead built up on the rest of the guys and matching them guys but if, we, you know, if that ultimate pace still have been there we some of us will have be been in difficulty. So, like we start on the Thursday night the start, you're going to have the more experienced boys like Roger Tillman and them guys. You know, Aiden Hallington. There's and there's, there's, um, there's you buy a chemist cover for a first run in the BDA, and they do all the old, you know, all the guys that's doing the series is all year. You know, I, there's a bit I could put you together a list of 15 names of people that will be challenging for that event. But look. Yes, I'm number one on the road. It's a privilege, absolutely, the absolute privilege to put number one sticker of the Roger Robert Clark on the side of the car. But for me, what I can hope for, what I want from the event, is a is a damn race because that's what we're there for. We're, we're not there to pick up trophies until we have a photograph taken on the paper. Being personally, anyway, I'm there <laughs> to be hammering down them stages, racing against the guys. Taking time here, getting time took out of me, you know, having to dig deep to get the pace there, and that's that's what this rally is about. It's about an endurance event, but it's about battling hard, fighting hard, and like the first year I won the rally back in two thousand and twelve, I fought my heart out to get that to get that one, and we got it in the last days, you know, and that's that's to me, that's that's why we keep going back.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. If uh, if before we let you go, I've got to ask you about the other things you've done this year and you're one of the few people that i can speak to anyway at the moment that has tried the polo r5 which just looked mesmerizing it look remind me of seeing a world rally car about a 2016 world rally car when i first seen one of those now what was it like for you and are we going to see marty in an r5 polo again
3: it was a great experience a fantastic car the car feels like a, a world rally I, was, I haven't done any competitive events in World Rally Car Bar, or a few tracks, uh, but I must say the dynamics of the car, the way it felt, the way it handled, and it always felt that it was it was able to do whatever you threw at it, um, which was very different from the Skoda. The Skoda feels very capable, very go party, but it you can it can really struggle for grip at times. But the the Polo, re- really felt that you were in a safe a safe pair of hands, and the Polo must say it just really. It confidence in the driver. Um, Has it got the outright power of the Skoda? I'm not sure. It runs with a longer gear ratio and stuff, so I'm not sure if just the performance and the actual engine is just too sharp. But it's, it's hard to tell. But the car itself was a fantastic car, and I must say I really, really enjoyed driving it. And, and the more you pushed it, the more it replied. Um, will I be one again? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's it's they are an expensive R5 car at the minute. I'm just sort of um, piecing together what the plans are for next year. At the moment, I'm not so sure. I've still got my, old, um, uh, my own R5 Skoda that I'd maybe like to try and change a few bits and pieces with and see can we get it somewhere. But closer to where we want it to be in Irish tarmac, because certainly all the gravel, um, etc., we feel that we've got a good pace there. But um, on the tarmac, we're struggling a little bit. So we'll see. Ideal word, yes, I'd like to be in the polo again. What happened? I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play a bit and see for a while first.
1: What's uh, you've just mentioned that Next year, are you looking at Irish Tarmac? Are you looking at BRC? What's what's what, what's the plan for Marty?
3: I'm 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 very encouraged to go Irish Tarmac. I really enjoy any of the events I've done in Ireland, and I've I, I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. I Had a one in Cork. Yes, uh, it was good. But you know, even before that. Um, you know, my choice was to go to Cork, Raleigh, Valerie hills. The British Championship, it, it, it's it's doing all right. I, I definitely will be in Ebra. That's the plan, no matter what. Um, the plan will be to be in Ebra. That's the, event, the really really good strong event. Um, I don't know. I need to sit down with the sponsors and see they they have interest UK to like the British Championship. Um, to me personally, I, I would maybe I, I definitely would would maybe look at the Irish Championship heavily at the moment. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. All right, well, listen, I, I, I realise that I'm I'm in, I'm in interrupting your preparation because this is the Tuesday before the rally starts. Obviously, you're starting off in a bit of a... I'll be honest with you, it's been a bit of a bogey stage for me. You, you start off in Radnor. Uh, is, yeah. it on, is it on Thursday you start? Are you into Thursday, Radnor on Thursday? Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in the night as well, jeez.
3: I've got driving in the night. I know, and I haven't drove the
1: car in the night. But uh yeah, we'll be all right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> <know. 'Cause> <laughs> that's, that's that's proper Marty response. To that I haven't drove it now. It'll be fine. It'll be fine.
3: <laughs> so long so the lights work, I'll be enough.
1: So no, 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 no. As long as the lights are pointing in the right direction. So you, you've got <laughs> you've got Radner twice in the night on the Thursday, and then you're into Cricken, uh on uh, is that is that on this Friday? Yeah, you're going to cricketing. Wow, it is a proper event, isn't it? It is kind of, you know. I know we we kind of, we, we kind of joke about it, but you know we're into, well, English Welsh border. Then we're into mid Wales. Then we're up the motorway. That must be a hell of a motorway drive up the M6. It is. It is, it yeah. is yeah. No, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so different from anything you, you do. Like it's, and it's a rally everybody's been talking about for for two years you know, and, and, and because it's, it, as much an event as it is, it's an adventure as well, the whole thing is an adventure when we've got, you know, you've got your management crews out after you've basically got a spare escort in a bit of the van, or the back of the van sorry, a <laughs> bit of cars, you know so, you know, you've all these, but because it is an endurance event, and um, it, it's just like the whole the whole thing's just, just buzzing and ready to go, you know, so it's it's definitely it's. Uh, I, I'm standing here at the moment with a head cold, so I'm trying to get rid of that at the moment but well,
1: I'd say for the time, if I make it till Monday afternoon, I don't think there'll be much of a head cold left. No, doc- Dr. Stage <laughs> doctor stage will kick in, as we call it. Dr. Stage. <laughs> yeah, and the adrenaline. Listen, mate, uh, we thank you so much for joining us. And again, I hope you get the hat trick, I really do. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll be keeping an eye on you. Marty McCormick, good luck, mate, and we'll catch you up with you again soon.
3: Great job, honey.
1: Thanks very much. Cheers, buddy. Take care. Cheers.
3: This is absolute
2: rally.
0: jump, sharp left waiters, five, six, lift, press, over five, right. Ireland's leading commercial note supplier, Killian Duffy, has joined forces with 2016 British Rally champion Craig Perry to form On the Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website on the pace
1: and welcome back to the next section of absolute rally as mentioned last week um we thought we were going to have them last week but we've got them this week now better late than never david higgins welcome back to absolute rally
4: yeah it's great to be back and good to hear from you again
1: it's good well listen it's good because um it was really fitting because we were i spoke about you a couple of episodes ago because um it was uh your induction into the hall of fame before we even talk about anything else. Um, I just thought it was a, a great. Somebody took a video of it, and I managed to, to to watch your your entire speech. And I kind of took bits from it. And I just think uh, one, congratulations. Uh, and two, even though you, you you said you weren't comfortable maybe getting up and, and doing that type of stuff, you, I think your points were really really relevant.
4: Uh, not just in rallying, but
1: across motorsport,
4: really. Yeah, it was funny because we had a rehearsal, we went to a rehearsal, and they said, like, so what have you got prepared? And so I haven't done haven't done anything. And they were having this massive, like, drama that I hadn't done anything. But, um, you know, everyone, the points that you sort of make on it were just true facts that I think people start things now for the wrong reason. They start because they won't be on the one drive before they even know if they can race a car. Um and a lot of its parents can lead people down the garden path as well, isn't it? Because they want to do achieve and they didn't. And I think it's just, you know, with my ethic all along was I race and I've rallied because I love doing it. And then you tr- once you get doing it, if you become good enough, you then try and see if you can make a, a career from it. But we're in one of those weird jobs where you'd actually you're paid to do the same job that you get paid to do. Like if you lost your job working in the supermarket, you're, not, you're never going to go and oh, no, no worries, I'll pay and I'll, I'll, I'll pay for my I'll pay for my chance to go and stack shelves at Tesco's instead. But it's just that passion of motorsport goes through, and that's the um, the bit I wanted to try and put across really more than the, you know, everyone else. there thanking their, their mum, dad, and their granddad, and their cat and their dog, and everyone else. But um, I thought I'll just try and do something a bit different to what to what the others were
1: doing really i do you know what and and i got caught in 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 the the, the rabbit hole that is youtube because i've got a toddler at the moment so late nights and sitting there trying to kill time and i watched uh, i was I, you end up getting sucked into rally videos and you, you you click on this one you click on this one and i genuinely i forgot and i was watching a uh a british championship video from 2000 of you in the persia 106 I bet you yeah. didn't think I was going to go here, but um, <laughs> it's like left field. I know. But what it reminded me of is that you were in that position where you were in manufacturer supported cars, not just in the UK, but you were doing programs in different parts of the world in manufacturer supported cars, and 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 you would become a professional driver before even, you know, the 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 the, the, the as to hopes and aspirations of, of of world championship, you very much established yourself as a professional driver earning a living before you even got to that bit. Is have I got that right?
4: Yeah, yeah well, basically nineteen ninety nine um or ninety seven even was the first year I got um paid to drive and that was with the Barrett's team through the dealership and through doing some work for them. And then obviously progressed, and I'd won some group M world championship rounds on GB, and I've won events all over the place. And, um, and then '99, we won the the Welsh Rally outright in the BRC in a, 40, in a car that we shouldn't have won the rally in, when it was a manufacturer run thing. And at that point, you know, there was people sort of trying to get me to go and do the World Championship and to do the Production World Cup and all these different things where you had to get the sponsors, pay a fortune to go and do it. And at that point, I'd start to make a bit of a living from the driving. and I, Not that I didn't want to chase a world championship goal, because I, in some ways I regret I didn't try it. But at the same point, I thought, if I'm going to make a career that I've like a rally driver, I need to go to countries and go to places where I can earn a living um, rather than spend everything you've got and every dream you've got. Because the way I looked at it, I needed almost a million pounds to do the production World Cup properly. And then... Three times that to try and do a World rally program, and before you know it, like where where you're going to draw the line because you're always not going to quite have the experience, so I did make a decision very early on that I was going to do it as a, as a as my job, and maybe not take the drives in the countries or the places or the championship I'd really want to do, but go to a manufacturer link or a place where I could do it to, to make to make a career from it really and that I and mean, it's worked out and brilliant in the end.
1: I, I you know, I was staggered when I started looking at some of the places where you end know, up. As I say, I was just because I was up late and I started looking at all these things, and I, you know, I think probably you, you and your brother were, were were probably the last two, certainly from the UK that I can remember who had these kind of multi deal. Things going on in different parts of the world, where you know now we've got the internet and it's very very easy to figure out where somebody's doing a rally. You know, I guess God, it makes us feel it makes us sound really old saying yeah. this, doesn't it? But you know, it wasn't as easy as googling, going, I wonder where David is this time?" You know, you you were you you were foraging round and finding, you know, a drive in Russia, for instance. Yeah. And yeah. you know, obviously you, you've got history over in China, but you know, Russia. How, how, how did even Russia come about? I wasn't even going to talk to you about this, but I'm going to ask you yeah. anyway. <laughs>
4: I think, I think at the time I was uh, we were dominating Group N in the Briti- in the British Championship with a bit of support from ProDrive and Barrett and then they Aitera were their biggest customer in Russia and they were trying to secure a championship for their for their own team and I think it just came into one of those things that um I think that foot and mouth was about in the UK, so the forest rallying and think there wasn't as much to do in the UK. Um apart from that Formula Rally or whatever it was called or something so there wasn't we were doing with the Pirates a little limited program and going to France and Belgium for the odd event just to sort of keep keep our sponsors happy and keep um keep the name out there and the sort of chance came about kind of doing some testing with pro drivers you know would you be interested in going out there and and just trying to help them in the championship and it sort of stemmed from there we went and did the first event and we were leading it and then that didn't really go to plan because we were only meant to finish sort of fourth or fifth to try and keep somebody else behind but it was a good laugh and you look back and it was quite funny whenever you get into the lead the, the championship people we were trying to battle against which was Toyota at the time we just seemed to get like, jump start penalties just to try and um, <laughs> manipulate the results as much as you can but when I was out in Russia there was no way I was to ask any questions or complain anything I just did the rally and um, <laughs> Got my got my got my wages and went home and and, and enjoyed it. But it was it was good fun. So like and I also you know there's I think it wasn't long after that I was doing a part program with Opal Turkey in a former two um, Corsa or whatever it was called at the time and then a, a different program in the UK and a part program in China just trying to keep everything all all ticking along really. It's yeah it,
1: you know it is phenomenal to think that you know there's three three Group N British titles, obviously um, you, you won the, the the BRC overall as well. And now we're at this staggering figure of, of a 10-time American champion. Now, when you first went to America, I'm assuming it was very similar to what you've just been describing. It was a position where uh, somebody made you an offer to go out there. It was a way of you making a living. Uh, a very obvious question, but... Uh, that first event did you feel that in kind of you know 10 11 12 years time you'd be having a conversation in your in your in your ripe old years of, of late 40s <laughs>
4: dare yeah, I, I say I, I, I was i was trying i was trying to actually get into into america as soon as pro Life had an involvement there and i was always chasing to try and because i was doing so well with the group n subarus and i was almost mm. um hope that my chance to try and get into something with the world team or, or a full factory blown team was always going to be through the pro drive route, but because we never actually used pro drive team directly, we were always at the of side team, when they went out to America, I thought, I tried to get the drive and didn't get it, and um, went to, to Mark Lovell in the end, and then, so as soon as he went there, I thought, right, well, if I can find a program to go over there and beat them, then it makes it really hard for them not to give me something the year after. Um and then I, I went I went there and did and when well, it was a privateer with Andy Brown team. We got there and the car sort of broke down the very first like mile the first day. I'm like, oh shit, that plan didn't really didn't work. And then they called me out to a second rally at the end of the season which was in just outside Las Vegas. And uh, I won the rally and there was um it was the only there was a like I think there was like a ten thousand dollar prize money and me and my codora both won Taekwur watches and were well, like superstars tonight, I'm like, wow, this American dream, this is it, this is the place to be. And unfortunately, that was the last ever um, prize money or, or <laughs> thing we ever, we ever got from it. But when we when we got on the plane and came home from that, we're like, yeah, this is um, this is a place for, for us. And obviously, um, we won that event and then we won the championship the following year as a privateer against all the manufacturers. And then with, with, by winning the championship, um, there wasn't an opportunity to go to Subaru because they had, nothing, they had nothing available. Still, the drivers were all signed up, so we ended up going um, and winning it with Mitsubishi. So, um, so that was so that was that. And then obviously, then the Mitsubishi pulled out of Motorsport, and it sort of left a big gap, and sort of the American Rallying collapsed for a little bit, and then didn't hear from anyone in America until. December 2010, when I got a phone call from Lance Smith, my old boss, asking me if I'd would, would be interested in going back out again, then the rest is
3: history.
1: Yeah, it's, and um, you know, it's, I don't know whether you have this as well, but 2010 doesn't feel like that long ago until you realise, you check yourself and go, actually it's 2019, geez, yeah. that's, that's that's nine years ago. Oh, no. um, I know. I know, fr- it, 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 it is frightening. Now you've mentioned obviously Mitsubishi. There, obviously, it's fair to say that you, you, you're far more recognised, probably around the world, in places like Russia and China, <laughs> for, for, for the bluer Subaru and your history with Subaru. Now, um, it's just you know, it's it, it's got to be set in stone, isn't it? You know, and I guess where I'm going with this is 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 what what else can you do to really kind of cement yourself in the history of that brand?
4: Yeah, I don't know. How it's you hope you keep hoping you've done a, you've done enough, and there's obviously most of my championships have all have all been been with Subaru. But it's um, you know motorsports hard, and like I always thought that three or four years ago, I'd definitely hundred percent finish my career with Subaru and then go on and try and do something as a role afterwards. But um, obviously in America, there's been some changes in the, in the top management people, and things are all sort of changing around and. Now, as we speak today, I'm really not even sure whether, whether we're going to have a programme at all with them for next year. Um, so that's obviously a bit of a sort of a, something that I was obviously not not expecting or, or not hoping to happen. So and at the same point, we've had a really strong year. We've gone really well. We're still going really quick and to a point where you think, well, I'm not going to be quite ready to to just stop yet, especially when I'm like one championship away from equaling the all-time um, record in America so there's still enough drive there to want to keep going and doing something else and I really hope we can do it um, with Subaru but that said if, um, that wasn't to be the case then who knows what's happened but at the end of the day it has been a brilliant association and a great length and we've done really well together um, but you, you, you sometimes hope maybe you get a, get a little bit of the loyalty we'll go both ways but we'll, we'll see how that pans out
1: okay because the championship obviously has been really strengthened by the fact that people have now kind of cotton on to the fact that they've been taken over you know, R5 cars and things. Obviously, we, we, we think about what Barry McKenna's done and, and what he's done with his team as well. You know, that's a that's a proper team now, isn't it? You know, yeah, it, probably, it's, yeah. it, they put together such a, a really impressive outfit out there, obviously, with really proven guys as well. You know, like I said, Don Buckley and people like that going out there and, and, and running programs, you know. Um, Dave Wallingford's, of course, got uh, an M M-M Sport car out there, an R5 car. And, you know, it, it really has, you know, people have really decided to, Dare I say, it in inverted commas, to, to try and do this properly, or at least, you know, to to a level of what
4: is being done in Europe? Yeah, I think I think obviously the the, the first and most important the, the rallies that we actually do, the events we do, the stages are unbelievable. They're some of the best roads you'll ever drive on. Um, you, every rally is so different to each other. There's good mileage in the rally, so when people look into compete, and you you sort of look at the sort of value you get per event. You know, we're doing 120, 140 miles in virtually every rally we do Where you, know, you look at a modern British championship rally and it's they're so small to what they used to be. So drivers that are going to develop, they're going to get the seat time, which is obviously hence why Oliver went there, because they're getting good driving time in good cars. And... Um, a lot of people I think that because we've been so dominant there is an element where people think it's actually quite easy over there and I think every driver that's gone there has been absolutely sort of stunned by by the pace of how quick we are going in the good cars over there. The top boys are pushing on very hard, but it was from the outside. I think they have it and I can go and give that a shot and they, they do they get hooked in in the rallies and how good it is and, and it is it is it is hard and it is a it is a it is a good speed though. you know, you know, Oliver said that. He found us the hardest people he's gone against, and he's been against some really competitive people over the, you know, with Surin and Herman and lots of people like that in the European stuff he's done, but he finds the American the hardest to actually be at a good pace, so it's, um, that's, that's good to know that our speed we're doing over there now is, is compatible with what's strong in Europe as well.
1: So a little bit of downtime and some time away from Drewie as well. Because uh, that that that's got to be your longest. I, I was going to say your re- lo- longest relationship, other than your wife, obviously. But that's got
4: to be your
1: longest relationship now with a co-driver with Craig. Yeah, Trude.
4: yeah. Like well, I, I do a good thing with Ryan when we were out in China. I think we did five or six years between British Championship or seven years with that. So that was quite that was good. But Craig's been brilliant. Um, you know, he knows the job. He, we both know the team and know the roads and. We don't have to spend an awful lot of time sort of talking to each other before events. Now we sort of get in and do the job. And he's a massive obsessed wedding planner now. So if you can imagine what a professional car driver is like organising, <laughs> you can imagine that his schedules for his weddings and God knows what is um, is, is, is pretty, pretty impressive, to be honest. So, um, but it's it's good. So obviously we're just we, obviously we, we want to keep continuing it. It's nice to have a bit of a break. But unfortunately, my Breaks now when I come home is is more busy trying to run my um, my lads racing than it is than <laughs> it is on my way doing it myself. So well, I was about to um, say the, fa- the,
1: the, the 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 family the, the the family tree is 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 obviously it's it's growing and and it's it's growing ever much so in, in motorsport. You, your boys now in his is he what 14, 15
4: now is 14, that fourteen yeah, yeah fifteen next year. So there's lots happening with that as well. So it um, certainly keeps you busy, doesn't it?
1: Uh, is, 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 do, you, do you ever see him in a rally car or do you think he's going to be racing?
4: It's, it's really difficult. Like, I, I think, well, he's been in rally cars and we've done stuff and he's been really, really good. But like, the harder thing we find with him with the karting is you've got to... He's so good on the cold tyres when the cart's moving around, which is more like rally driving. You have to then dial him into the smoothness of when the, when the grip comes back. But he's obviously taken it really well. But, you know... I'd love to see him rallying. I know he'd be very, very good at rallying, but it's so hard to make a, a career in rallying, and the, the investment you need to try and you know, everyone talks about these entry-level R2 cars, and it's a brilliant way of going rallying. But you're still looking at sort of 40, 50 grand to get to get going, where you can do an awful lot of racing um, for that type of money. I mean, we know that rallying is all about getting the seat time and experience, so it's very, very hard to sort of fast track your way up to doing it to that point where with racing there's so many more opportunities you know yes you might not be in the absolute race discipline you you want to be in but there's so many other career aspects from sports cars to touring cars to different things so for me as a dad stroke manager I'd be pushing (laughs) down the racing side for a bit longer if that's what because he does want to make a career out of driving um and there is more opportunities in the racing. Even if you don't make it fully as a driver, you can you can then come back to coaching or helping or working in teams. So the racing the racing world is probably more more linked with more options, where the rallying is quite a um, an exclusive club really, isn't it? You know, you look at the world championship drivers, they they don't change around that often, do they? It's the same people doing the the same thing and like yeah. the same like that, that idiot in America that sat in that seat for 10 years has really annoyed everybody that bloke off that little
3: island yeah. keeps rocking
4: up the, the, the <laughs> problem you've got is that the experience always counts for more so yeah you might not be ultimately as brave or as committed or whatever you want to call it as some of the up and coming people but you've got the experience and the knowledge of knowing how to win rallies and bring the cars home safe and get the points and that's why rallying is probably harder and people stay in it for longer where sort of racing you can be here today and gone tomorrow but there's always another series or another opportunity or another type of discipline you can do within the same type of style of driving isn't it so if you ask Matthew what he would like to do out of anything it would be rallycross that's his ultimate thing he's got the side-to-side racing and the sliding around but um, rallycross isn't the most secure ways at the moment for it's such an expensive sport and hard to
1: Yeah
4: hard to know how that's gonna go, isn't it? So Very much so. You so mentioned at the moment, we'll keep we'll keep them on the roundy roundy black stuff for the time being.
1: Yeah, keep him out of mischief on that. You mentioned coaching there. Are you still are you still involved with coaching as well, David?
4: Yeah, um the, the last few years I haven't done as much purely because of the time aspect, because between being in America and then when I'm home trying to do something with Matthew, but I'm really now um, getting back into a bit more and it's one of those things once you sort of get out of the habit or being seen doing it, you almost people forget you're doing it um yeah. so I've done a lot with the american people I do, I do a lot with McKenna Motorsport and Barry and different people like that but i am and um, I'm working on something for next year as a bit of a a new thing which is gonna be um coaching with some video data and then a way as well and that you can oversee their rallyings on events so for sort of a very small price you can then. Do virtual coaching so you can see people's video set up from a a rally and monitor what they're doing on events rather than what they're doing on a road that they know where they're going. Okay, Um, so it's something that's going quite good. Really, so it's and it's a way where you know not everyone's got the time or the money to go testing and have the coaching, but you know from what I've learned from the coaching over the years and years of doing it, you can pretty much pick up a lot of it from a five minute onboard video, and especially if it's positioned right and with the right data, and I'm working on something with V-Box to be able to get that, that. You can give somebody a package, they go and do a rally, send me the data afterwards, and I can give them a report and coaching, and you're also getting to see how they're working with the co-driver, opposed to just um, seeing how the driver works, because you know, sometimes I've sat with some really good people, um, but they don't necessarily... Compete on the rally as they as they're driving with me on a road that they know. So it's a more honest way of sort of judging somebody. Um, so that's something that we're we're sort of pushing along with at the moment. Really, just trying to get the get it to be a package that you can give to somebody and bought in quickly. Um, It doesn't require a lot too much work. That's that's what we're working on at the moment with that.
1: Okay, we'll keep us in the loop because obviously you know we have people all over the world who listen to us. Yeah. Um, So you know that would be welcomed, and if we can share it around for you, obviously we'd we'd love to do that for you. Cool. Brilliant. No no worries. Listen, David. Congratulations ten times. American champion. I hope you do get the opportunity to, to add to that to equal equal the record. But uh, try and enjoy a bit of downtime. Try and enjoy what you're doing with Matty, because I know you're under pressure there. And we'll get you back on the programme soon, OK?
4: Brilliant. Thanks, Shane. All thanks right. Thanks a see. lot.
1: Cheers, thanks, thanks so much. Cheers, David. All the best. Folks, we'll be back after this break.
0: This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team.
1: Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Valley. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, As I say, great chat with David, great chat with Marty as well. Uh, We're back. For any other businesses, we haven't got Jacks in for this week, so we'll have to roll it into next week. Sorry, Jack. Um, you were going. Jack was actually going to send us a recording in. That's how good he was going to be. Uh, not, 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 not made, not made the cut for this week. Sorry, my mate. Sorry, don't get pressures on Twitter again over it. That's all I'll say. Uh, Ryan Champion, uh, you're any other business before before we go and, and let you go and start packing your things away.
2: Uh yeah yeah there's a lot of things still on the floor actually now you mentioned that um yeah a couple of things so uh you had the correspondence from John that you talked about earlier on about um, classes and whether 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 R4 which was going to be the FIA's uh, reduced price four wheel drive category still had relevance um I think that largely depends on the championship to be honest because interestingly enough today we see Suzuki Spain reveal their brand new R4 Swift uh so four wheel drive turbocharged Suzuki Swift which obviously doesn't exist in their model range but they've done an R4 version so they now have an FIA homologated four-wheel drive car Um, and Suzuki obviously couldn't uh, or probably wouldn't do that through the normal channels nowadays to homologate a car Mm -hmm. so it has its relevances um, as we've said really for the the British and the Irish Championship now they've been opened up to uh, the non-homologated cars or even there's been a A class for right hand drive R5 cars, which technically aren't homologated. We've kind of, we're starting to move away from homologation to a certain degree. So, yeah, depends on the country. Um, The other thing I was just looking at, you know, we mentioned Roger Albert Clark, Mm -hmm. you've been talking to to Marty McCormack, and, and the Ford Escort is still as we touched on at the start the car of choice for the uh, you know historic rally in this country on the roger albert clark but just looking down the entry list um one car that uh, i thought was particularly of interest was wayne sisson's brand new car so he's just built for the roger albert clark a brand new mitsubishi Galant vr4 so uh that'll be interesting to see in works livery looking great so that'll be good to to see uh in, in amongst the escorts, uh, Greg Ward Mervis is in there as well. So, well-known name from uh, from World Championship rallying in a Salika, and his son Gislan, is in a, a 240 RS. So, we just mentioned 240 RS on the Safari. There's one doing the the Roger Albert Clark mm-hmm. as well. Um, a couple of other other interesting cars on the entry list doesn't quite fit with the historic thing but we see uh, uh, david hutchinson from uh, rally travel he's out in, in his gt86 the uh, toyota uh, what's it called tmg so the old tte tmg built gt86 he's on the entry list with that um and, and a few interesting names there the likes of phil collins we remember from the pink sierra days david greer who uh, now known for his uh, his preparation business but he's out in a, a manta 400 as well so some uh, Uh, some pretty cool cars on on the entry list when you look a bit further down and and just to to finish it off with with cool cars just flipping back to the safari where we started um i'm obviously part of Hills and we've got a a fleet of, of 911s i think somewhere in the region of 10 911s that we've got out on the rally but there's also a porsche 356 which i think that's pretty cool to do the safari rally in a 356
1: do you know what i need to google porsche 356 (laughs)
2: <laughs> I do. do you i think
1: i do yeah I, I, I can't i can't even imagine what it looks like
2: well that uh, that was where it all began so that's that's where a beatles got a bit more streamlined but still had a four-cylinder engine
1: right i know the one you mean now i know the one you mean okay happy days happy days well um my end of the business for this week as i keep on touching upon and i'm doing it through gritted teeth and, and tongue-in-cheek and everything else um the absolute rally christmas quiz i actually listened to last year's one the other day um just to get me in the kind of mindset of of of, of, of writing stuff for it and um, i've already started writing stuff for it um right this is my challenge to you the listener okay um if you think you can give us three um factual but fun rally questions um for our three our three boys trev ryan and jack of course um i want you to drop me a message at studio absolutely rally.co.uk we'll have a bit of a chat and we'll see whether we can use them um gary boy's already sent stuff in the guys behind vhs rallies have already sent stuff into us as well um and uh the guys from keel that are going to be doing something again so um i'm looking for the ultimate listener questions um so there you go there you go studio and um, listen um this is the point where we now need to leave you um it's been an absolute privilege to talk to ryan champion pre-safari uh, both as a guest and as a presenter right have a, have a safe event mate and we will we will catch up with you when you get back obviously
2: thank you thank you if i can uh, i have no idea what day the rest day falls on i've no idea what day anything's happening currently but uh anyway if i can if i could update in the middle of the rally then i will do good man
1: good man uh, folks we'll be back same time, same place in the podcast hall next week
0: this is absolute rally hello everybody and welcome to absolute rally season forty six episode three hundred and sixty two Uh, Just kidding guys, it's Jack Benyon. I heard that everyone wants to hear my Any Other Business, so this week, in a special edition, it's coming to you from the Autosport office. And to be specific, it's coming from the Autosport office sound booth, which is so dark, I can't see the notes I've made on my pad. So this is going to be an interesting few minutes, guys. Tony asked me Any Other Business, and... You'll not be surprised to know that it's a bit of a plug for my magazine, which uh, I never do if you're a regular listener of the podcast, uh, and that sarcasm. So uh, I've written a feature this week about Joe Sturdy. So if anyone's not heard of Joe Sturdy, he's a rally co-driver here in the UK. He uh, used to compete with a guy called Nick Carr and still does, and he will be this weekend when he does the RAC rally. I know Tony's got a nice preview of the RAC rally coming up. If he's not done that yet, then I've just ruined that for him, and that's fantastic. There's nothing better than ruining Tony's flow. Joe is uh, is co-driving in a Ford Escort Mark II, as I said, built by and driven by Nick Carr. But the interesting part is... Uh, when I started uh, covering the the BTRDA in in twenty fifteen for for motorsport news, Joe and Nick won the Rally First Championship in a one point six liter Polo. And at that point, Nick was, um, uh, you know, a pretty quick pilot from the off, and uh, Joe had, had guided him very successfully. And and Joe had started working for Manor in uh, in Roundy Roundy at that point in Formula One. So you know how much I love a, a Roundy Roundy Formula One Rally crossover. So Joe now is Max Verstappen's engine reliability engineer So when uh, when Max Verstappen's on track it's Joe's job to make sure that the car's working properly and doesn't break down Obviously a lot of it is electrical these days with the hybrid engines uh, Who knows, maybe Joe will be getting poached by the WRC team when the hybrid technology comes into the WRC That'll be interesting to see But uh, my favourite part of the whole feature is uh, Joe admitting that the F1 engines have developed so much now, and have so much uh, you know electronic parts in them that he wouldn't have a clue what to do with the Escort engine. So their their BDA power is going to be uh, is going to be all Nick this weekend, and, and nothing to do with Joe. So the engine reliability engineer in the passenger seat is not going to have a clue. So if you listen listening, to that, Joe, I hope uh, I hope it goes well, and to you as well, Nick. Uh, it's the most testing and difficult rally on the British calendar, really. Uh, over 300 miles of stages, night times, going to be really cold, probably frozen in places and getting to the end of that rally is going to be a, a big achievement for, for both of them so I hope they can do that make sure you pick up Motorsport News this week for the feature and uh, it'll also be on Autosport Plus as well uh, and finally I just wanted to say um, as much as I love taking the mick out of Tony thanks for, for doing the podcast we, we love how much effort you put into it and the fact that hopefully if you're going to edit this into the podcast then I imagine that's going to take a lot of effort especially taking out all of my uh, terrible jokes and uh, pauses and I wanted to say a big good luck to Ryan Champion, who's heading off to the East African Safari Rally. I'm sure there'll be plenty on the podcast about that this week. I saw his co-driver compete in Macau last weekend. Uh, came second in the in the GT race, so uh, he did very well. And if he if he drives like that in in Africa, then Ryan's going to have a very chance of a, another win. Or was it a win? ooh controversial that's a fantastic way to end my segment Uh, goodbye listeners thank you for listening to my Any Other Business and uh, yeah I think you should rate my well for a start you should rate my intro because you know I thought that was hilarious and I'd love to to know what people on Twitter think of that but also let us know if you want some more uh, Any Other Business from my dark dungeon in the Autosport office Jack Benyon signing off Absolute Rally powered by the Kielder Works team spread the word and download the podcast every week